Oh, man. Yes, the Survivor Series. I love this time. I love going back this time of year and watching the old Survivor Series matches from the <clears throat> from the 80s and 90s. Had the 90, 90, 93 Survivor Series on. Got 87. Now we're into 1994. Not a great Survivor Series, but it's still one of my favorites because all of my favorite guys were on this. Diesel, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Owen Hart, Bret Hart. You had... Uh, yeah, it was quite the, the one, two, three kid. The, I don't know, other guys. I guess that's about it. A lot of my favorites. Well, most of my favorites are in this opening match. The Teamsters versus the bad guys. Razor Ramon, the one, two, three kid. Fatu and Sioni, the head shrinkers. And the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. Versus the King of Hearts, Owen Hart. Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Double J, Jeff Jarrett. And the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. <laughs> the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Quite the match. It's fun. I love, And then I put a, you know, get a couple of iPads out. And put multiple Survivor Series matches on at the same time. Makes me happy. I love it. I miss when, uh, I, I wish they, you know, there's no reason to not have Survivor Series on Thanksgiving Eve. I mean, in all fairness, it's probably... It's a nice thing for the wrestlers to not have to be working the day before Thanksgiving and then try to get home for their for their Thanksgiving. So I get it. I get it. I'm glad it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. That's that's good enough. But I miss I miss the days when it was on Thanksgiving Eve. I, I wasn't a fan. Uh I wasn't yet watching wrestling when it was on Thanksgiving night. I kind of my first real knowledge of Survivor Series was nineteen ninety, which was the last time that it was on Thanksgiving Day. Which was when the Undertaker debuted, and that was everybody was talking about that at school. Well, oh, the Undertaker, just who's got the? And then the next year it was Thanksgiving Eve, and everybody's like, "The Undertaker pinned Hulk Hogan. He beat Hulk Hogan." And I was kind of like, "That sounds." That was really one of the things. There were a few things throughout the year of nineteen ninety one that kind of got me a little bit interested. I was sort of when they had Macho Man versus Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania. I was kind of like, "Oh." I, I remember watching it, well, watching it with air quotes, WrestleMania 7, 1991. I remember kind of sort of watching it live. And by that, I mean back in the old days, uh, in the 80s and the 90s, pay-per-view, at least on my my TV, I think for most people, if you tried to watch pay-per-view, you could put it on the pay-per-view channel. And even though you couldn't see it, it was scrambled. The, 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 The visual, the video was scrambled. And once in a while, you could kind of make out what was happening. You could kind of see some stuff happening, and it would, it would like almost come in, like, "Whoa, I see, I see it, I see it." Um, but the audio was perfect. You could hear it perfectly. So I would just put on wrestling pay per views, and I could just listen to it. So I remember putting on WrestleMania Seven and just listening to it. I remember Mister Perfect versus the Big Boss Man, and I remember watching. Uh, you could see when uh, when when the big boss man had Mr. Perfect by the hair and he was spinning him around in the ring. I remember watching with my dad sitting in the living room or sitting in the family room, and we were both like, "Oh, he's throwing him, he's spinning him around by his hair." So listening to that was kind of cool. And then I then I was intrigued with the SummerSlam, the match made in heaven and the match made in hell, but not enough to go out of my way to try and order it or watch it or anything like that. And then really that that 1991 Survivor Series when everybody came back from Thanksgiving break and they were talking about how how uh, the Undertaker 
pinned Hulk Hogan and beat him for the championship. And I, I couldn't believe it. The Undertaker pinned Hulk Hogan? Nobody pins Hulk Hogan. And so I was like, I'm kind of interested in this. And then the 1992 Royal Rumble, which I didn't even know was right down the road in Albany. I'm so, I'm the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. There will never be a better Royal Rumble than the 1992 Royal Rumble. Because we've had, uh, I don't know, like 30 Royal Rumbles since then. And none of them have been as good as that one. <laughs> and, uh, and or as star-studded. I mean, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Undertaker, Macho Man, Jake the Snake, Sid Vicious. Rowdy Rowdy Piper, Hacksaw, Shawn Michaels, British Bulldog. I mean, it just goes on and on. It was like pretty much everyone who came through the curtain was a Hall of Famer. It was a legendary, a legendary superstar. Uh, and we tried to order it on pay-per-view, and I didn't even know that it was taking place 30 minutes from my house in Albany. And then the next day, coming into school, and like half of the sixth grade class went to the went to the Royal Rumble, and we're talking about how great it was. Like, oh come on, man! It was. Wait a minute, it was here. And then, of course, WrestleMania eight. I put on the pay per view because I thought, you know what? I'm going to hook this up to my 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 stereo. I'm going to record an audio cassette, even though I won't be able to see it. It'll be scrambled. I'm just going to put this on, hook it up, and record it on a on a tape thing you know, cassette tape thing. And uh, that way I'll just be able to listen to WrestleMania 8 until the VHS tape comes out from Coliseum Home Video. And I turned on WrestleMania 8, and it was the countdown show, and it was coming in, it was perfect reception. It was clear. Like, whoa. And I thought, well, maybe they're giving us the the preview show for free, which makes sense. Why would you have to order the pay-per-view to get the countdown show? The countdown show is the thing to get people to buy WrestleMania. I said, okay, so this is they're they're giving this for free, and once the countdown is over, it'll it'll go to Scramble Vision, and then WrestleMania started, and it just kept going, and the first I got to see the first match, Tito Santana and Shawn Michaels, and the second match with Jake the Snake and the Undertaker, and then the third match with Bret Hart and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Bret Hart wins the Intercontinental Championship. I'm thinking, oh boy, if somebody somebody effed up at the cable company, but I'm not about to tell them. And then the eight-man tag. And then Macho Man versus Ric Flair. And and then really, that's all you need to see of WrestleMania 8. It's a bit of a stinker of a show after that. It is it is one of the... If you watch the first half of WrestleMania through the Savage Flair match, it's one of the great WrestleManias of all time. If you if you jump in and, you know, to see Tatanka against Rick Martel and the tag team title match and Owen Hart versus Skinner and Sid Justice versus Hogan, it's... Crap. Uh, so we got those first five matches, and I remember talking to Shimo on the phone, and I'm saying, look, I, you're not seeing this for free? You're not seeing WrestleMania at your house? And they had a different cable system. So no, he wasn't. He wasn't getting it. And I kept. I would call him after every match. I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, Bret Hart's new Intercontinental Champion. Like, Bret Hart. And then finally Shimo's like, you don't have to call me after every match. You can just like, call me later and tell me all of it. I'm like, all right, all right. And then I... And then, like five minutes later, I'm like, ah, the tag match is starting. It's a tag match. Seriously, don't call me. How the tables have turned in the last thirty years. <laughs> um, but then we got, yeah, so we got all of those those first five matches, and then, uh, and then Tatanka versus Martel uh, was the next match after the big first main event title match between flair and savage 
And as uh, as Tatanka was entering the ring, then all of a sudden the picture went out and it went back to scrambled vision. And I was like, oh, no. Because I remember Shimo even saying, like, hey, maybe your dad uh, ordered WrestleMania as a surprise. And like, yeah, it's possible. But, like, it would be sort of weird to not tell me, knowing that I wasn't necessarily going to just turn on the pay-per-view channel. And, yeah, sure enough, I, <laughs> my dad came out and I said, did you order WrestleMania? No. I'm like, well, we're getting it for free. And uh, And then I think somewhere... <laughs> Somewhere after that Savage Flair match, somebody somebody at the cable company said, uh-oh, and flipped the switch <laughs> and turned it off. And it went back to just regular scramble. But I, I still watched the rest of it. I still listened to the rest of the matches in the, uh, in the scramble vision and the return of the Ultimate Warrior and all that good stuff. But... And then I came into school the next day, and everybody was like, can you believe it? We got WrestleMania for free. We got the first half of WrestleMania for free. And everybody was watching it. And I remember at the end of sixth grade, on the last day of school, I brought in my tape of WrestleMania 8. And we all watched WrestleMania 8. It was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so my – but my first – and then after back in those days, there were only four pay per views. So after WrestleMania eight, there wasn't another pay per view until August. That was the begin. That was April fifth. Was WrestleMania eight, and then at the end of August was SummerSlam from Wembley Stadium in London, England. Uh, but we were on vacation in Florida, so there was no chance for me to order SummerSlam. So, uh, so I had to. I didn't get to listen to it and scramble. I just had to wait until the the VHS, the Coliseum home video came out. However, then the next pay-per-view after that was the 1992 Survivor Series, Thanksgiving Eve 1992. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, Macho Man and Mr. Perfect versus Ric Flair and Razor Ramon. Yokozuna made his debut, the first ever coffin match, Undertaker and Kamala. All kinds of fun stuff. And uh, and that was the first pay-per-view that I was allowed to order and watched it live. Uh my buddy Joe, Joe Nicky came over. Watched we watched the uh, we watched the Survivor Series. Read his old he had all the old WWF magazines, which he would later gift me, which was really really a sweetheart thing to do. Real nice guy, what a great guy. And uh, yeah, so Survivor Series has a has a special place in my heart because it was the first. Although WrestleMania Seven was the first pay per view that I tried to listen to in Scramble Vision. And WrestleMania 8 was the first pay-per-view that I saw live uh, inadvertently just because of a screw-up at the cable company giving us WrestleMania for free, at least the first half of it, uh, Survivor, and then being out of town for SummerSlam. So Survivor Series 92 was the first pay-per-view uh, where... And you needed a cable box. That was the other thing. We didn't have a cable box. So my dad went the day before Thanksgiving. He went to the cable company, and he got the cable box, and we hooked up the cable box... And then we were able to order Survivor Series, and it was like, I, it's an indescribable feeling of coming home, you know, school. It used to be we just had Thursday and Friday off. The kids now have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I just remember being in school that Wednesday before Thanksgiving all day long, just wait, like, oh, I just can't wait for this day to be over. I have a long weekend. Survivor Series, Thanksgiving, Christmas is coming. This is the greatest time of the year. And then getting home and turning on that pay-per-view channel. And sure enough, there was the preview show, the countdown show with Sean Mooney. 
And then there is the Survivor Series, getting to watch my first ever pay-per-view live on television start to finish was the 1992 Survivor Series. So, yeah, and then and then watching all, I mean, then the 93 Survivor Series, watched that at my house. 94 Survivor Series, Nate came over Thanksgiving Eve. 95 Survivor Series, that was the first time that they moved it to Sunday before Thanksgiving. And uh, that was uh, Nate and Joe both came over and watched that one. Same with the 96 Survivor Series. The 97 Survivor Series was like a weird, it was like the first Sunday of November. It was like the seventh, maybe it was the se- maybe it was the eighth. I I can't remember, seventh or eighth. It was very early in November, which was strange. And the ninth, I don't know, um, which was strange uh, to be that early. But that was the infamous the Montreal screw job, where Vince screwed Brett. Brett did not screw Brett. Vince screwed Brett. I don't care who says it. Brett's the greatest of all time, and Vince totally fucked that guy. And uh, that was a, it's still bullshit, a bullshit thing. But they've since, you know, everything's everything's fine, I guess. You know, he, Brett returned later and had the match where he just got to beat the shit out of Vince McMahon with a chair for 20 minutes at WrestleMania, which was great. Uh, but the 97 Survivor Series, we watched that at Shimo's. And we were watching the main event match, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. And the three of us, Nate and Joe and I, got up and went to the kitchen to get a snack and we're just kind of hanging out in the kitchen talking and then we came back and the and the pay-per-view was over the match was over Shawn michaels is the new champion we're like wait what happened they were in the midst of a match and then we of course we taped it and we were we rewound the tape as soon as the pay-per-view ended we stopped the tape and rewound it and went back and uh and like oh wow Shawn michaels put bret hart in the sharpshooter for about point zero zero two seconds and the referee called for the bell and bret hart had no idea what was going on and then he then vince mcmahon came out and brett spit in his face and then after the and the pay-per-view very abruptly went off the air sean as sean michaels was escorted to the back with the title and uh, and then after the pay-per-view went off the air we went online and we were reading about bret hart was he was destroying tv monitors and then was uh, using his finger. He was writing WCW. And then uh, as much as I didn't want it to be true, and I, God, I really, that was one of the most heartbreaking, hearing that news in the library at the high school one day, I would come in, I'd have a free period, first thing, and I would just go to the library. I'd do If I still had some homework to do, I would do my homework. Or I would go on the computer and look at wrestling news. Uh, or I would put pictures of Hank, the angry drunken dwarf, uh, dressed in a, a bunny costume, on the, as the background of all the computers in the library. Uh, you know, things like that, fun stuff like that. And I remember one crisp autumn morning, a cloudy October morn, sitting in the in the little computer room in the library at school, and reading that Bret Hart was leaving to go to WCW, and thinking this is a cruel. I was I was almost dizzy. Like, no, 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 this can't be. This can't be. He's Bret Hart. You can't have WWF without Bret Hart, and you can't have Bret Hart without WWF. This is, this is I, I can't even, what's happening right now? This can't be. This will be the end. This is the final nail. WWF is going to go out of business. It's going to be over. They're done. WCW wins. They're getting Bret Hart. And then seeing Bret Hart screwed at the Survivor Series, 
and then not showing up on Raw the next night, and then a few weeks later showing actually showing up in WCW was like, yeah, I, there were some there were some heartbreaking moments being a wrestling fan in the nineties. the The highs were high, but the lows were very very low. And being a huge fan of guys like Razor Ramon and Diesel, and then seeing those guys show up on WCW to start the NWO was that was heartbreaking that was really like oh my god oh my god you know at the age of 41 nowadays if you know when that stuff happens i'm like hey i don't as long as i get to see my favorite people i don't even care where they are i don't care if they're in wwf i don't care if they're in aew i just want to see my favorite wrestlers on tv and and now i'm at a point where i almost prefer that they're not in wwe because if they go to aew there's or someplace else that means they're probably going to be, uh, they're probably going to be wrestling, and I'm. Uh, we'll we'll pick this up in a bit, folks. Stay tuned for more on the Birthday Boy Podcast. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 